Hey everybody, welcome to a special edition of Current Events Podcast. Tonight we, Mike and I, are going to be counting down our top 10 favorite science fiction television shows from the 20th century. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm Jake McMillan and joining me is uh, Mike, my good friend Mike Slocum. Say hi Mike. Hey everybody. So the format is pretty loose. Uh, yeah. It's essentially just what was important to you at the time and which was more important than the other mm -hmm. thing, and that's it. Yep. And so what we're going to do is we're going to start with number 10, and we're going to count down Ooh, to... we're going to go that way. Okay, then i got to yeah. make sure i got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, good. All right. So we'll start with number 10. We'll count down to number one, which is the best, mm -hmm. uh, most important to you science fiction television series of the 20th century. And we can throw in some honorable mentions at the end. Yes, we will. All right. Would you like to start? You want to tell me what your 10th favorite uh, tenth science fiction show is? favorite from 1989. And these are the shows that I watched. There were lots of good shows on. But these right. are the ones that I watched. And they were important enough for me to watch and care about and stick through. Yep. V, 1989. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, wait. Now, V, uh, the t I guess the TV series, because the, yes. they had like a mini-series, which was on in 1984, I think. Yes, they did. This, okay. is, the, this is the TV series, V, okay. in 89. Um, okay. And it was one of the early, um, it wasn't the earliest, um, uh, clearly, that is going to be in my list. But it was the tenth best, <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it it because it, I liked it because it was different because the aliens came in and this was this was people resisting an invasion, um, and is uh, as, as corny and you know as as weird as it was, it was watchable and I enjoyed the the you know from what I recall of it. That's a long time ago. Yeah. Um, uh, that was the, you know, it was just, it was something that, you know, captured my, captured my attention. Yeah. Um, so that was my, uh, let's see, ten nine eight ah. most important, but it was, uh, so I'll talk about that when I get there. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, that's how, that's how we'll do this when we have Good. overlaps. You know, you can just announce that it is, and you can talk about it when we okay. get there. Okay. Go for it. You're number uh, 10. Number 10, Battlestar Galactica, the 80s. Uh-huh. And, and I have to defend this <laughs> by saying, yes, it was a terrible show. <laughs> and it was a Star Wars money grab. But it was the only thing we had that was even remotely good at mm -hmm. the time. Uh, I mean, everything else in, in that time frame was like Buck Rogers, which was yes. just dumb. Horrible. Yeah, you know? Yes. Dumb. And so, and this was, this was... I will tell you that I liked the show at the time. I really enjoyed it. I looked forward mm -hmm. to watching it. I had always loved aircraft carrier movies, and that's basically what it is. Yep. Um, the 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 idea that that this Cylon race was a race of of synthetics Jeez, or robots yeah. was yeah. was cool. Uh, it it wandered off the mark frequently, but oh, generally, wow, yes. <laughs> I really liked it, and it was something I look forward to watching every week. Um, the I was gonna put for my number ten, uh, Lost in Space, but I was too embarrassed to do it. <laughs> I, it was it fell down off the list a little bit. Yeah. Now I got to tell you, Battlestar Galactica seventy eight seventy nine was my number seven. So. There you go. Okay, yeah. So so the reason I didn't put Lost in Space was it was super important to me because I watched it 
in its first run when I was a kid. So yeah. I was very little. And it 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 probably was, was one of the main things that sparked my interest in science fiction. Mm-hmm. But it was a terrible show. Yeah. And the guy who played uh, Dr. Smith, Jonathan, whatever his name was, yeah. is it's one of those legendary cases of a character taking over a show and completely just changing the direction of the show and in my in my opinion ruining it mm-hmm. uh, yep. like Urkel yes right yep yeah so I didn't put that in there but that 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 would probably be the most formative you know uh, that and some you know like some old science fiction black and white movies that I saw as a kid that really yep. formed it yep. uh, okay number what's your number nine number nine night also eight, uh, 1989 alien nation Oh, wow. I, I saw the movie. I never saw the TV show. Yes, there was a TV show on, only one season. Um, and it was on the same time frame as V. It was another one of these aliens come to Earth, but this was a completely different take. I don't know if you remember it. These yeah, aliens crashed in a ship, and they were slaves. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to integrate into society. It's sort of much like... Um, uh, District Nine, you know the, mm-hmm. the District Nine movie, m- newer version. But these these aliens came in and they had strange habits, and it, anyway, it was obviously you know a, a play on you know alienating other races um, that you know that we do still today. But it was a great it was a great way to get around that. Um, you know, there's these aliens here; they're trying to fit in. One of them becomes a cop. And they, you know, they work together to police the, you know, the various crimes that happen between humans and aliens. Again, it was completely different than, you know, V or Star Trek or any of the other things that came out. But it was, again, captivating for me because it sort of like touched that, you know, being a child of the 60s, the, um, Mm -hmm. you know, this sort of captured that. Yeah, this is, you know, this race inequality is still happening and don't forget about it people so that was my number nine i kind of prefer the days when they would do it uh you know uh, with a metaphor like Mm -hmm. an alien races with now it just seems like every show is about racism and it's just flat write the text you know yes it's right on the surface it's about racism every show is going to be about racism and as much as i agree that that is a problem you know that is the main problem in our country I just think that people don't listen when you yell at them. Yes. It's better to have it subtle, and you can make your point better, and Alien Nation did that. I only saw the movie, mm-hmm. uh, but and it was just insane to me that James Caan was in that movie. Yes. yes. <laughs> it was just like, if you could pick a guy who would act opposite someone in full face makeup, yes. <laughs> you know, it, the last person I would pick is James Caan. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, okay, my number nine, and this is kind of a weird one. I went back and forth on this, but um, I feel like it's it was Gene Roddenberry's Earth Final Conflict. Uh huh. That's kind and, of very much like V, sort of the yeah. Yeah, it's but it, it was the most complex science fiction show uh, and nuanced science fiction show. I'd ever seen. It was only on for I think a couple of three seasons, or I only saw a couple of three seasons, and at one point they changed out the entire cast. Yeah. But um, I, I just remember watching it and thinking, this show is never going to last, mm-hmm. right? Because it's too subtle, it's too nuanced, and what people want from science fiction is that's the bad guy. Use your blaster. Yes. Right? Or fly around in space and shoot. Yeah. Um, exactly. So, 
I put it on there just because it really piqued my interest mm-hmm. uh, in telling you know uh, stories in a in a more subtle way, uh, and that's 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 why it's my number nine. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, which number eight? Number eight. Okay, this is a complete departure from what you would consider classic science fiction, but I considered it just enough science fiction to make the list. I watched it. I really enjoyed it. It was hilarious. Third Rock from the Sun. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. That's absolutely that's absolutely a great one. Uh, yeah, not momentous, you know, no, in the sense it wasn't earth shattering, but it was a great science fiction show and so much fun. Oh, it was just it was. I still love it, and you know, it was. I watched it religiously. It was just, you know, John Lithgow from he, ever since I saw him in Buckaroo Banzai, he yes. just he was just oh. He was the perfect character for these kinds of roles, and it just—it was just great. I mean, I just—I just loved all the little nuances. You know, it was—it was a, uh, you know, it was a, you know, classic TV comedy thing. But they had just enough twist on it, you know, that it made mm-hmm. it—it made it fun. And so yeah, so that was that was you know my departure at number eight, Third Rock from the Sun. Everybody yeah, should watch that. Yeah, one of the things I loved about the conceit behind Third Rock was when the aliens arrived, they didn't know anything about humans, since they didn't know which bodies to pick. Yes! And yes. so the, the big, strong security guard picks the, the woman, yes. the old man picks the little boy. Yes, it's just, it's just perfect. And it really was a perfect vehicle for John Lithgow. You know, I, I can get too much of overactors, but I can never get too much of him. Yep. Uh, he goes over the top on everything, and if you find the right vehicle for him, it's perfect. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you remember him from World According to Garp. Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, that was incredible. One of my favorite roles of his, he plays um, a psychotic hitman in the movie Blowout. Yes. Yes. And I just, that was the first time I ever saw him. And I just thought, wow, this guy is probably that crazy in real life because this <laughs> yeah. is just too good, you know. And uh, yeah, of course, now we know that he's, he, and of course, last year he was in, or maybe it was a year before, he was in that takeoff uh, comedy on the staircase um, where a guy is, is basically on trial for murdering his wife. And it just looks so much like he did it and everything he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes him look even more guilty. And it, it was absolutely hilarious. Yep. Uh, and it gave him a great opportunity to really go for it too. But yeah, uh, in the, in the, in the entire series, he keeps saying, I wonder if it was the owl. Right, and an owl flew down and hit her in the head, and she fell, you know, and then I roller skated in through her blood accidentally, and blah, 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 you know. And so the last thing they find, he has, so the entire series, he has been refusing to answer his phone, right? And it's just, and it's just ringing and ringing his little, his cell phone. Yep. In the very last episode, he finally answers it, and it's a video from his wife as she's being killed by the owl. Oh. <laughs> If if you get a chance, I'll have to figure out what the name of it is. It's extremely funny, and he's excellent in it. Yes. Um, okay, so my number eight, eight. is V. Oh, and okay. <laughs> yeah, now for me, it would be the original miniseries. I was ah, okay. actually uh, in 
the military and living in the barracks, going through a year of Russian language training, mm-hmm. when this came on and the TV that we had was a shared TV in the day room. And so my entire unit would gather in the day room anytime an episode of V was on, and we would watch this in rapt attention. And, yes. and I have to tell you that, you know, it, it is definitely a metaphor for the Nazis' invasion, mm-hmm. uh, and that works extremely well. But the idea of coming in peace, you know, with your you know out front and you know just basically there to steal all your resources you know it's also sort of a a metaphor for the american west Mm -hmm. and what happened to native americans so it was very good and it was a lot of mystery to it you know at first you really didn't know what was going on you know Mm -hmm. and uh and so we were fascinated and then when we got to the episode where they showed her eat a rat hole i mean the barracks nearly we nearly burned it down <laughs> it was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, what is your number seven? Seven. Battlestar Galactica, seventy-eight, seventy-nine. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. By the right. way, Third Rock um, just barely squeaked in. It was ninety-six to oh two, so it did okay, cross yeah, that, the line. But it yeah, th- four seasons in, three seasons yep. out. Yeah, um, that's the majority. Yeah, Battlestar Galactica, seventy-eight, seventy-nine. For a lot of the same things that you said, it was just fun. The Cylons were great. It was this new, it was this twist on, you know, we had we had um, the robot from uh, Lost in Space who was a good guy. We had, the, right. you know, we had all the droids from Star Wars that were, you know, mostly good guys. These guys were bad guys. Um, and it was, it really made for, you know, much more sort of an interesting, compelling story. Um, and again, I agree, the carrier thing, the, you know, uh, you know, you lost the war and you're fleeing. You know, you didn't win the war. You know, this is a holding action, you know, trying to get away, trying to save yourself. And that also was very, very compelling. You know, it was, these were the underdogs. Um, and, you know, we always root for the underdogs. And I couldn't remember, I was thinking about it, and I couldn't remember in the original if the humans had built the Cylons like the way that they did in the in the remake. Yeah, I I don't remember. I don't yeah, I don't remember. think they ever really got that deep, to be yeah, honest. Was, that, was, that would be way, yeah. too, way too metaphorical for this particular show. Yeah. And another reason that, that it had to go on my list was it gave us the reboot, yeah. which was probably oh, yeah. the best science fiction television series uh, uh, ever. You know, but you can't count it because it's too late. Because <laughs> it's yeah, it happened in the 2000s. But we're going to be doing the, the the first 20 years of this century, so we'll see. You know, yeah, that'll give true. us. We'll be able to talk about things like Firefly. Oh and, you yes, know. all sorts of good stuff. Okay, now my I really did a departure with my number seven, um, and and you may not even know what I'm talking about, but it was a series of television shows from England where the main characters were played by puppets okay. called Thunderbirds. One was called Stingray. I, I, yes, Thunderbirds <laughs> okay. was on there. I know Thunderbirds. <laughs> okay. So when I was a kid, I mean, this was because, you know, when you're real young, two things you love, rocket ships and puppets, puppets. right? Yep. And getting to have both those in there Were, was were they amazing. marionettes or puppets? They were marionettes. marionettes. I'm sorry. They were marionettes, yes. not puppets. Yes, they were marionettes. Yes. And... One of the things, but this kind of gave me a little bit of uh, PTSD, too. And I don't know why this bothers me so much, but it even bothers me to this day. 
but they would say they would have like the marionette character you know we kind of bounce over to the to the to the <laughs> control over. panel yeah, yeah to the control panel you know and then reach for a button and then they would cut to a human hand yes. touching that button and it would freak me out i it was it's it just but but other than that i mean it was you know being you know young in the early 60s you're not getting much science fiction on television no, right so no. uh yeah that was a big deal for me i and and it was one of those shows that you could never quite catch all the time you know mm-hmm. it would be just like every now and then you would catch an episode and because you were a kid you had no idea these things happen on schedules yeah you know all and you knew you was were never on a schedule anyway <laughs> right so. yeah all you knew was saturday morning cartoons and that was it you know yes yeah. Well, I have to jump in there because I didn't put this on my list, but I another marionette show called Fireball XL5. Yeah, that's a, that's the same guy. He did all yes. these shows for for BBC back in the day. And that know? was that was when I was when I was that age, you know, in the early 60s watching that, that was religion for me. Uh-huh. I even got the XL5 toys. I got oh, all wow. the puppets, you know. I was like flying around, you know, flying around the house shooting you know, my spaceship was flying around the house. It was, yeah. I was, that was very cool. It wasn't good enough to make my list, but it was definitely, it was a consideration in there. I just, yeah. I just loved that show. I still remember the characters. Um, it was just, yeah, it was. And yeah, Mary well, yeah, one of the ways that I, I made my list was I just tried to think of the shows that I used to watch because if they're that top of mind, they must mm-hmm. have had an impact. And the, yes. one of the first ones I thought of was Thunderbirds and yep. uh, and Stingray and all those things. Yep, yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, they the, a lot of mine fell off the list. There was a whole bunch from the '60s. There was like Time Tunnel and Oh yeah, to the yeah. bottom of the sea and Land of the Giants and all of these. Yeah, you know sitcom kind of weird sci-fi things that you know they all I watched them all. But they just didn't make the they didn't make the top top. And I, and I thought I thought of those two. And I'll tell you, you know what what I why I finally took them off the uh, off the list. All of those Irwin Allen mm-hmm. shows only lasted a couple of years, and they were done on using the same sets. Yeah. So that essentially, if Voyage of the Bottom of the Sea got onto an island this week. Lost in Space would get onto that island next week because he yeah. was like super low budget, you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I you know, it's like yeah, they were weren't they weren't that important. They were they were really kind of like the candy you eat and forget you ate, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I agree. Think, I agree. Yeah. That's why they didn't make my list either. Yeah, I'm putting numbers by all my entries because I keep, like, it's hard for me to count. Like, yep. are we at eight or seven? Okay. Um, we are at the see that was nine, no that was seven seven so, right six. so now we're going to do six what's your number six okay now we're getting into the classic things that you would actually think that you and right. I would would hit and mm-hmm. I struggled with the order of these but I had to put them in the order that that you know was the most impactful to me and so the next one for me is uh, Star Trek Voyager uh, ninety five uh, to 02. yeah um, interesting and this okay. was it was a great show. But it just didn't, I had more difficulty at the time with this one than I did with some other shows that will be on my list and higher. Um, and it, while it was important and very good, you know, number six, it wasn't as important as the ones above it. 
but it was the fir- it's the first Star Trek on my list, and it certainly won't be the last. Right, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely turned the crank on these a bunch of times and just kind of kept th- having things fall out, you know. Yep. Uh, yeah, but, Voyager I mean, actually came in uh, one above this, yeah. this level for me, yeah. uh, but I'll talk about that when I get there. Yeah, um, and yeah, just the last thing about Voyager is that it um, at the time now it, it to me it's actually more important now because of its background with Picard and stuff. But at the time, which is what we're going by, mm-hmm. you know that's where it fit in in the the great scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my number six is TNG. Okay. And the reason that it comes in below Voyager uh, is because I did not learn to. To look up the path when I binged it, I watched almost every episode. I watched any episode that was rated seven or higher, uh-huh. and so I didn't get a through line for it the way I did for Voyager. Right. So I didn't have the same emotional impact, and also uh, TNG did not have a real emotional hook for almost three seasons. Mm-hmm. Right until they hit yesterday's enterprise i don't remember what's what season that is that may be the third season mm-hmm. um and it that was the first one that really hooked me and i had already sat through almost three seasons of television you know yeah. on this before i re, before they got their hooks into me and they closed it out um with a, a great episode uh, called below decks mm-hmm. so they had some of that great stuff but i watched too much of the fluff you yeah. know uh, for it to, to remain in my brain as, you know, like a really big, important show. Yep, yep. Well, it'll appear on my list a little later. Yeah, and, and, and obviously, uh, you know, I, de- I did develop a nice relationship with Picard, which really paid off when the show came out. Yes. Yep. Yeah, so it's, yeah. So, I mean, and, you know, number six of all time is not bad. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right, what's your number five? Number five, another in the Star Trek series, Deep Space Nine. Oh, now, okay. In retrospect, you know, looking back through it, it didn't hold up nearly as well as the other ones. But at the time, it was very influential. It was, you know, it was uh, number five influential for me simply because it, and I went 93 through uh, 2000, um, just because of the storyline and eventually it developed. Uh, the first couple seasons were rough again it developed into a very good very good story um and it was it uh, watched it religiously um you know kept kept track of it had a great time with it and um you know really got to enjoy the characters especially quark and odo Mm -hmm. Um, yeah they just they just really kept they kept going at quality for the whole the whole seasons for all the seasons so yeah, and I have read that uh, really Deep Space Nine, you you can kind of like, you know, sort of just zoom through the first couple seasons, and it doesn't really start to get good until the third season or so. Yep, yep. Uh, and that is uh, is odd to me because they ha- they were coming off of TNG, same crew, same, mm-hmm. you know, same writers. Rick Berman is still there. Yeah. And, of course, that may be the problem. But... Um, so they, they basically, I would have thought they could have jumped right into it, but they, you know, from the episodes we watched in the first season, um, they they were very slow to develop uh, characters that we really wanted to look at. Yep, Every super week. slow. Yeah. But yeah. again, in retrospect, back then, those characters were a lot better 
than they are now. Oh, um, right. True, true. You know, and, they were, and, I, and of course, the Dominion War, whatever that is, is yes. always is a big deal with people who talk about yeah. DS9. Yes, it got, it got very good at the end. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what's your number five? Is Voyager. Voyager. Okay. Yeah, Voyager, I really, uh, really benefited from someone who put together a great path. Mm -hmm. And watching that path really gave me just a constant stream of emotional connection and reward. And so... Uh, really through no fault of, of TNG's own, uh, I, I just had a better experience with it. Mm -hmm. yep. yep. Yeah. And now that I think about it, I probably should not have put either TNG or Voyager on this list because they weren't important to me at the time. I didn't oh. watch them. I, didn't, uh, I only watched them recently. So now yeah. I'm thinking, that was a violation right there. Well, but it's, it, you know, yeah. Well, anyway, I, I, yeah. I, I give you a pass because yeah. they fit in the criteria <laughs> of they were, they were filmed then. So. Yes, true, and and I've got a couple of honorable mentions that'll could take the place for them, so that'll be yes. that. I have fine. some honorable mentions that can't. Yeah. But anyway. uh, <laughs> okay. What is your number four? Number four again, religiously watched ninety three through o two, the X Files. Oh yeah, I used to watch that with my daughters. They became uh, very hooked on that show. Yes, again, it's not your standard science fiction, but it was aliens and weird you know weird behavior and weird you know psychic or paranormal stuff so it was it fits science fiction very good but it was just again it was a weird show i really got invested in the characters um and the plot lines and even though they it was episodic there was always an undercurrent of you know the smoking man and all of you know and aliens and <clears throat> just you know this undercurrent of things were sort of tied together somehow but you never quite knew how um yeah they they weren't the one they weren't the first ones they're very close they got very close to being the first uh, you know series to have season-long arcs right yes. they had arcs but they were the, you never knew if you were going to get monster of the week or an arc story you yeah know? exactly yeah, they, mixed them, <laughs> they mixed them in well the tng was kind of like that too you know there was sometimes there was an arc in there and sometimes you just got random stories. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, again, that, it's because they hadn't figured out the, that the arc was so powerful yet. Yeah, I think I think that if they had known what the arc was going to be, the Borg would have played a much larger, oh, yeah. uh, you know, right? It, that would have been the thing. Because essentially that became Voyager's arc is, yes. you know, yep. is the, the Borg, right? Yep. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, what are we at, number four? Yeah. So this is going to be kind of an off-the-wall one, but uh, it made the list of a lot of lists of 20th century science mm -hmm. fiction TV shows, so I assume everyone else thinks it's science fiction, too. And it's uh, The Prisoner. Yes, I was, oh, I was going to put that. It was on my list. It just yeah. didn't, didn't make it one, because, I, yeah, anyway, go ahead. One of the reasons I put it on the list at all was the craving I had to watch this show, and it was so difficult to find it. Yeah. It generally, you would only get episodes from your PBS station when they were doing a, a fundraiser. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I mean, you know, so for, you know, a young kid and then whenever they we would get an episode, we would talk about it for weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, now I've gone back and watched it again and it's a little bit solipsistic, you know, and very yeah. sort of of its time, the 60s. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. But, but at the time, oh my God, it was, it was the smartest show. It, it was so intriguing. It made mm -hmm. us talk. It was, yeah, it was, it was a big deal. The prisoner. Yep. 
Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay, number three. Well, we're getting down to the top three. We are. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I'm here's we'll get conflicted in a minute here. Um, so, <laughs> my uh, number three Star Trek: The Original Series, sixty-seven to sixty-nine. Okay. It was aired at the same time as Lost in Space, and for me, there was just I watched them both, but there was just no comparison. No, at the time, it was just Lost in Space was cheap and weird, and Star Trek: The Original Series was just so new and so yes. different and yes. so just amazing at the time. It's it was it was the Star Wars of its, of oh, its yeah. time yeah. slot. It just. You know, it captured, and there were cheesy, cheesy, you know, cheesy shows in there and things that didn't work well. But overall, it just, and even though it was episodic, it was just so different. And so, so I can just, you know, it's one of those, I can believe that this is the future um, and that you wanted it to be the future. You know, it wasn't, wasn't V or Alien Nation where, you know, kind of depressing or aliens yeah. are taking over. It was we were out there and we were doing cool stuff and you know there and were good problems stuff. and good stuff and that mm -hmm. was just that was that was the beauty of that show um i yeah. just yeah it was you know it was it was one it was the most at the time the most formative science fiction that i i had ever seen so. yeah i've got that a little further up the list so i'll talk about it about you know my my part of it mm -hmm. when i when i when i come to it uh my number 3 is the x-files uh, yes. uh, and like i said you know the x-files was it was a, it was interesting to me because it was I would get tired of it, you know, and then they would mm -hmm. have an episode that was so good. It would just right? grab you. Just yeah. Like, oh wow. And I would be so like, weird. oh, I've got to, I've, I'm back into this this episode, this show yeah. again, and so you know, I was working a lot in the late '90s. I had started my own company, and I wasn't around much, and so the girls seized on the X Files as something to do with me, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so they. Um, they would watch with me and 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 we really we got in and they were young i mean they were very young they were probably way too young <laughs> to be watching the x-files um although uh haley's husband has thanked me right ah. because haley's basically into all the same things he has been that's you know my influence right yeah yep but uh one time they went over to my mother's house uh, to be babysat while we went out someplace mm -hmm. for the weekend and um, so it was time for the X-Files to come on. And uh, Alexa, the older, uh, my older daughter, uh, turned on the television, turned it to X-Files. And my mom just about had a baby. I mean, she was <laughs> like, uh, I don't think you're supposed to watch this. And, and Alexa is uh, strong-willed. Let's put it that way. And so she got into toe-to-toe. -to -toe. I mean, she's like six years old, right? And she is arguing with my mother. And eventually my mom just let her, let them watch, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. So it would have, it wouldn't have been that. Yeah. Haley was probably four. So yep. Alexa yeah. was probably 10 or, you know, whatever. So, you know, but yeah, but in any case, yeah, they were too young and, but it was a formative thing for us. You know, it was something that we talked about and watched together and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and that was a big deal, yep. but it was also the first conspiracy show I'd ever mm -hmm. seen. Oh yeah. And one of the things is I find really interesting about my life, right? is that you know it, the this conspiracy was the least believable thing about that show at the time mm -hmm. 
now that I've been through some major conspiracies, <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. They, they were, I weren't quite so far yeah. off the mark. I mean, um, the sugar industry convinced the government to tell us that fat was bad for us and yes. replace fat with carbohydrates and sugars. And we had an explosion of obesity, and it took 20, 30 years for us to realize we'd been ad. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. So, yes, yeah, so the X-Files, a, a big one. Probably not the best show on this list, but mm -hmm. definitely a big deal for me. It was, it was, it was impactful, and that's mm -hmm. what we're talking about. Yep. Okay, here we go. What's your number two? Okay, well, now here we start to get into conflicts, because I would have... I would have dropped things off the bottom and put this on if it hadn't fallen out of the criteria. So I'm just going to, this is my, I get, I'm going to do two honorable mentions in here, but I'm going to put them in their order. Um, oh, this, this is not your number two, but it's one that would have been your number two. Well, it would have been my number three. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, so Stargate SG-1. Um, and the reason, uh, you know, it's, you may like it, you may not, um, but it was, it was this was the show that my kids and I watched together, and we watched the whole the whole schmear, um, and they loved it, and and we just got a kick out of it. Uh, you know, sometimes it was bad and corny, and and sometimes it was it was on. But again, it was another. It was a completely different take on science. You know, on science mm -hmm. fiction in that. Oh, you can't break the speed of light. This is okay. We're not even going to go there. We're gonna take. We're gonna completely sidestep that problem and do portals. Um, yeah. And it was the first sort of significant portal-based science fiction thing that we got. I mean, there was a there was an inkling of it in Star Trek, but you know, it was mm -hmm. um, it was it was the portal-based thing, at, or you know, Deep Space Nine. But that, um, you know, but anyway. Um, yeah. And so it, it was just. It, it was fun and it was different and it was light enough that the kids enjoyed it and um, uh, um, but captivated them enough that we watched all 10 seasons of it but unfortunately wow. it was 97 to 07 so, uh, so, oh, so. Yeah. it's close enough anyway and I so, loved I loved the movie and I mm -hmm. would catch episodes of the series just every now and then and, and really I thought it was a very well done series yeah especially yep. with the star Right, yeah. MacGyver, because yeah. he has a tendency to be the star of kind of shitty low budget shows. Yes, right? yes. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, and and of course he's taking over for Kurt Russell, right? Mm -hmm. You know, yep. from the movie. But um, it it was it I I thought it was good. It was just did it did not. I, I had very limited TV time in the 90s. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it was like, that's why I never saw TNG. That's yep. why I never saw any of the Star Trek stuff because I literally maybe watched three shows during the 90s, you know, yep. at a time. Yep. And, uh, and, and it had to be something that was on at the right time because I used to work ungodly hours, you know. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so act my actual number two um, is Star Trek Next Generation. Um, ah, okay. okay. This is, yeah. and the reason that this was number two is that again we religiously watched it um, for all, you know, eighty-seven to ninety-four. Um, we always watched it. If we missed it, we, you know, this was back in the even the, the age of VCRs. We would we would make sure that we recorded it twice. So if for some reason something got slipped, you know, a baseball game ran over or 
you know, there was an emergency announcement or, you know, the president came on and pre preempted, you know, we made sure that we had a copy of it so that we could always watch it. Um, yeah. And uh, and again, we, you know, we've talked about it, the pros and cons, but it was it was, you know, one of it was the it was the next Star Trek after the original series. And that's it. It just it came back and we had to see it because Star Trek was so important um, to, to um, yeah. life at the time. Yeah, and 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 it really kind of it kind of breaks my heart that I didn't watch it because my number two is the original series. Uh huh. Yep. And you know, it, I was I watched that show as two completely different people. I watched it when it was first on, mm-hmm. uh, and and I, I'll never forget the first episode had a monster in it. It was the 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 salt sucking monster, yes. and my. My dad was a huge science fiction fan, and so he was a big influence on me. Uh, and so we sat down, and we did not really get along very well. He was not a very emotional guy at at the time. He, you know, got got better over the years, but you know, I was pretty young, and he was pretty new to family life, and so you know, it wasn't a lot for us to bond with, right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't into sports, and you know, that kind of stuff. So anyway, so he came home. We watched this first episode. And I think he was stunned at how good it was. Mm-hmm. And my mom walked in the room and she saw the monster and she said, oh, well, no, he can't watch that. Ah. And oh. for the first time, I remember my dad actually took up for me and said, no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so that was big. So I would watch this religiously. Right. Mm-hmm. And just it. It was incredible to me because most of the science fiction that I had seen, I saw old black and white movies on the the fourth channel. You know, if you remember yes. back in those days, yes. right? And oh, it was yeah. always kind of a terrible picture, and they weren't in color, and all this kind of stuff. And also, that science fiction looked stupid, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they 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 had not accounted for the fact that space was big. They just yes. used chemical rockets to go everywhere. Right? And they never bothered to explain how they got gravity on the ship and blah, 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 right? Uh, So, Star um, Trek did. Star Trek, yeah. And so then, you know, we spent years watching the reruns. Oh, yeah. And talking about how it was that you, this is based on real science. They had NASA guys, right? You know, this kind of stuff, right? Uh, I never took it to the extent of, you know, like some of the, some of the trackies did, but, but, you know, but it was a big deal. And then when I got into college, you know, we watched my roommate and I, it was on every day mm-hmm. and we watched it every day and talked endlessly about, about what a great show it was and, and how realistic it was. And, you know, and, and even at that time, I swear it did not seem like Kirk was overacting. <laughs> yeah. 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 At right? that time it didn't. Yeah. Now, in yeah. retrospect, of course, but. And, you know, and then uh, I remember like the movies came out and I was just blown away uh, I loved them. <laughs> right? yeah. I loved the first three, I think. And then after that, they just seemed to get weird and silly. But I, I even loved the first one, you yep. know, because it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So, yeah, so that that was that was very the, the, the original series was super important to me. It just wasn't number one for me. Yep. Yep. I, I got that. OK, we're to number one. Go for it. OK, now the. I have two that were competing. One <laughs> fell out of the top and the other one <laughs> fell in. They were the top not only because I watched them religiously, but because I owned them. 
I figured if I own them, if I'm willing to go put out money to make sure that I've got these for all time, they were impactful. Number one that fits the criteria, Babylon 5. Um, really? Yes. It was, I had, I've never seen a single episode of that, and I always kind of thought it was a Star Trek Deep Space Nine knockoff or something. Oh, no, no, no. It was, oh. it was we're, we're going to have to do it. <laughs> we're just going to have to do it. Have you never seen it? I've never seen a single episode of that oh, show. Okay. Now, it, is that the one where Bruce Boxlight? Yes. Because like, yes, he is such a piece of wood. Yes. He he did fine. You know, okay. At the time, it was... it, And after, after... The first season was rough. Two, three, and four were just awesome. Number five was they didn't know... They thought they were going to end at four, and then they uh, got reanimated, so they had yeah. to, like, scrounge around. But anyway, it was... It was so different again and and it was a complete arc from beginning to end Straczynski wrote it and he knew he had oh that's right this is Michael Straczynski yes he had he knew exactly what was going to happen and there were there were episodes that were off in the you know that were still episodic but there was always an arc underneath and there was it was always going somewhere and things that happened in season one came back and affected you in season four and it was, I mean, you, it was obvious that he had a vision for this thing. And the effects at the time were fantastic. And the characters and the acting, it, the aliens were great. Um, the, the emotions from them just eventually, you know, they, just, they just hit you. It was, and, and the plot and the, the, the behind the scenes and everything, it was, Obviously, it was so good, I bought it. Um, I, I always wanted to have it, and I go back occasionally and watch it over again, you know, from the DVDs if it's not on anywhere. And, you know, it's just, it, it hasn't held up as well as some other things, but, um, but yeah, I loved it. It was 93 through 98. It was, you know, the perfect, the perfect mm -hmm. time slot. And, uh, um, again, watched it with the kids. My kids were so into it that they had both dreams and nightmares about it <laughs> they would build lego sets about this thing um you know it, and and you know it was just it was it was a phenomena in the house and um yeah uh, well you know what we'll have to do is i'll maybe maybe i can like binge the first season and then we can do a season of this show on maybe the second season of babylon 5 yeah 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 okay uh, that that sounds good because you know I'm always curious about these things because you know basically at the time I heard about them I knew about them mm -hmm. but I was just too busy to get involved in them yes. and and then you know the moment passed the window closed and we'd moved on into a whole new world you yes. know in, in yep. the the early 2010s right with Firefly and yeah there was and, there was so much good there was so, suddenly so much good science fiction and but, it was so much technically so much better than the oh, stuff yeah. from the 90s that it that it immediately eclipsed all that stuff and made it hard to watch it right yep. so yeah all right well uh my number one is the outer limits Ooh, that was on my list it was just under under the under the bottom yep. you know i like i said you know growing up without cable and video on demand i sort of measure these things by how much effort i was willing to go through to watch them mm -hmm. right and of course, I was too young to watch The Outer Limits when it came out originally. Yep. And so I had to hunt and find, and we moved every couple of years because my dad worked for IBM. And every time we'd move to a new place, I had to find the new UHF channel. Mm -hmm. 
yep. and find out when they showed <laughs> the outer limits. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, eventually saw, I think about maybe 40% of the episodes. Um, once I got Netflix, I watched them all. Yes. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of them that hold up. Oh, yeah. I, it, was, it was, I mean, the special effects don't, but I was amazed at how forward-thinking this show was. People line. always say, right, that the Twilight Zone was the big twist ending, but it really wasn't. It was mm -hmm. the outer limits. The yep. Twilight Zone was sort of a sweet show. Yeah. You know, and uh, it, it, it was very... Um, emotional and sort of cotton candy-ish a lot mm -hmm. of the time, you know, and then every now and then they'd have a, an episode where Burgess Meredith steps on his glasses and apparently will never be able to find another pair of glasses, even though he found 2,000 books. Yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But The Outer Limits was completely different. It was, and I, I remember when I would, if, I would not let my mother catch me watching it because it would be one of those shows where she'd be like, nope, you, no, 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 you're not going to watch this, right? Yeah, yeah. So with all the effort I was willing to go through and the, the impact that those episodes still had when I watched them in the early 2000s, when I got Netflix, mm -hmm. that had to be my number one. Yep. Yeah. And, and I, I agree they were great in retrospect, but at the time they aired, I didn't really, I, I just wasn't into them for some reason. I didn't, yeah, they definitely I, weren't for kids. Yeah. I didn't catch them or they weren't, you know, they weren't what I was after at the time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yep. So now I have to go do my honorable mention top one, which which is the one I also purchased, which was of course Farscape. I, if um, you didn't put Farscape on this list, I was going to I was going to shut it down and erase your channel. It, but it didn't qualify. <laughs> it was ninety nine to oh three. So oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it would have been number one on the list because yeah, I own okay. it. And again, this uh, yet a, another story that ha I mean, you know, you and you've been through some of the episodes, and they didn't you know they didn't grab you. The season didn't work, but. For me, at the time, these were just, they were um, awe-inspiring. And some of the episodes still, Bridget and I, when we think back on them, we just, we practically pee our pants laughing at some of the episodes. They were just so hilarious or so funny. Um, then you never, you haven't seen them yet because they were, you know, in, in seasons that were past. But it was it was worth buying and we watch it oh you know we watch it again and again and we're going to finish it this time again but we've gotten sidetracked on all these other good shows yeah. that are out now it's hard to hard to go back to it when it's like but there's this other new thing to watch or you know Picard's yeah. on or you know D Discovery or whatever we, so. we have great problems right now oh, when it comes to television <laughs> science fiction I mean you can't fall over without watching you know that finding a great uh, science fiction television yeah. and I'm looking forward to doing uh, our next uh, top 10 which will be the you know the, the 21st century oh yeah because yes. it's going to get difficult because oh, there's so much good and it's so v it's so varied right yeah. it's going to be hard how do you decide what's better you know firefly or black mirror yeah you, you know? know i mean it's going to it's going to be it's going to be fun and I'm, I'm looking forward to it um <laughs> okay is that it for your that was it mentions? yeah that was okay. babylon 5 was number one and farscape would have been number one had i not had to throw it off the yeah. list so my my biggest uh Honorable mention, and I, honestly, if I was honest with myself, it would have been number one, mm -hmm. except for the fact that it doesn't feel like science fiction to me. It's more of a fantasy show. It's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, I knew, I knew. I was going to say, if that hadn't been on your list. Yeah, like... and I basically, every list I found, she was on it. 
mm-hmm. right? And so I thought, well, everybody else seems to think that this is, that this is uh, science fiction, but I don't. I think no, it's, it's fantasy. It is. It's science fiction fantasy. People yeah. lump a lot of people who think about science fiction don't quite get the difference. Right. Oh, it, yeah. It's not real, so it's fiction. Right. <laughs> and it's kind of, well, it must be science fiction. Be, yeah. You know, it can't be any other kind of fiction, so... Um, the, the thing that I've always heard is that you have fantasy, and then of fantasy, you have two sub or multiple subcategories of like horror and science fiction, yep. right? Yep. And and so this one definitely they had one season that had some science fiction in it, and it was one of the worst seasons that they did. Mm-hmm. Everything else, it was all fantasy, you know, yep. it was all magic, you know, and all this kind of stuff. But it was a super important show. It was the first show to come up with the season uh, long arc, mm-hmm. the the bad guy, you know, the, what what they yep. call the big bad of every season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to really treat the problems that a hero would face in reality, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, episodes about Buffy having to make a living, you mm-hmm. know, and that kind of stuff. Um, it was also one that we watched religiously with my with my girls. And so that's something that I just have fantastic memories of. We, I remember because Alexa and I loved the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Haley oh, didn't yes. see it because she was oh, too yeah. young. I thought that was one of the funniest movies I'd ever seen yep. and just thought it was great. And then they made the series. And so, I again, like I said, I'm going to keep saying this. I was so busy. right? I didn't mm-hmm. have time to watch it. So I told Alexa, I was like, hey, you ought to check out this TV series, you know, see if it's as good mm-hmm. as the movie. And so I checked back with her, and I said, "Did do you like it?" And she goes, "No, it's different. It's scary." Oh. And I was like, "Oh, okay." And this would be like the first season, right? Mm-hmm. So we didn't watch the first couple of seasons, and then uh, I was seen so many magazine articles about how great this show was, right? That I said, "We we got to try it." So we came in, and arguably, its best season, season three, mm-hmm. which was the mayor, and oh. uh, and. We were hooked. Even Monty watched, right? Wow. And this is before I got her into nerd stuff, right? <laughs> and um, and it was it was so it was just super good. And then later, I went back and I, the first TV show, actually, because it's the only TV show I've ever bought. Mm-hmm. Why well, I, I bought the first season and the second season so I could watch them uh, in order and was so hooked i bought every season and for a while i just watched buffy over and over and over and over again yep you know now it hasn't aged all that well the later seasons weren't that great but i would have to say for important to me if it was truly science fiction it would be the number one on this list yep yep i can certainly go there because farscape for me it was it you know it it, there was a little fantasy in there as well i mean you couldn't you couldn't talk about it as fiction as science fiction Right. Because it was the premise was just so weird, but for for me, you know, it had spaceships flying around and you know people yeah. shooting at each other and stuff. It qualified for sure. So, you know, yeah, I I'll give you Buffy. That's yeah. And finally, I'm gonna go with uh, one that would have made the list, except I didn't watch it when it was out. I didn't watch it until the 21st century, and that's Futurama. Mm-hmm. Yes, Futurama. If you binge it is not just a funny show it's an incredibly sweet show yes it is and when you end you're all choked up you know and you're just like well well, what the hell man (laughs) (laughs) 
How did that happen? Yeah, but it, uh, it didn't really meet the criteria because I, I didn't watch it. Uh, yeah, I was going to put it on the list. I thought it I thought it also crossed uh, too far into um, uh, into the the aughts. Oh, it may have. I you know, as a matter of fact, I associate it with the late '90s, but it may have crossed, crossed too far sure into, the, into the aughts. Yeah. But yeah, I wanted to put it on there anyway. Yeah, well, um, it's, great. it's a great honorable mention. All right. Well, we did it. We yeah. And, you know, it's so funny because you see so many people arguing this, and we solved it in about 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah and we should take and the overlap was pretty pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, it was really more like you had, uh, we had them in different orders. You know, yes. Than, yeah. We had a couple of outliers like uh, Earth Final Conflict, which I'm mm-hmm. still kind of squeezy about. But, uh, you know, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. So that's going to be, this is going to be a special episode, and I'm going to edit it right away and put it out, uh, even though I'm behind by like five episodes <laughs> on the, the regular Discovery stuff. Um, I just need some time. And now that we're, you know, we had Code Complete today, I should be able to have a little bit more of a lackadaisical there you go. Yep. schedule. And this was and, a and fun one, too. It. This was fun. Yeah. This is a lot of fun. I look forward. We should do another one in, you know, in a couple of three weeks or a month or whatever and just pick another topic like best movies, science fiction movies of the 20th century. Oh, man, that's going to be way harder. <laughs> well, you know, you know, in that case, I would say we do those by decades. Yeah, or something. Right? Yeah, for sure. 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s are completely different animals when it comes uh, yeah. to their, their science fiction movies, right? Yep, yep. That uh, will you, make it easier. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can think of some shows, you know, some 60s ones and some 70s ones that, you know, wouldn't even make the list if I had to put them in with, you know, other ones. But in their decade, they were they were awesome. Oh, you know what we ought to do? Because it re- there really is a tent pole in the middle of this, this the whole discussion is we ought to say, like, do it in two chunks and do best pre-Star Wars. Uh-huh, Mo- yeah. Science fiction movies, right? Because that's a whole other world. Yes. And then both bo- uh, best post Star Wars, yes. which is a whole other world. Yep. And then maybe someday we'll do a worst uh, Star Wars <laughs> cash grabs. Oh no! Yeah, there's a few of those. <laughs> I don't know. So many. We, of when, and our, did you ever watch Battle Beyond the Stars? We watched it together for a movie night. Yes, we did. And yeah, that was yeah. that was one of them. Yeah, Ice Pirates, uh, oh, Battle yeah. Beyond oh, the Stars. I love Ice <laughs> yeah, uh, some of the ones I've seen are um, unwatchable. They're so bad. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, but anyway, so well, yeah, we we have a lot of fun sort of alternatives to just talking about Discovery every week, which I think really breaks things up. Yep. Cool. Okay. Good. All right. Well, thanks everybody for joining us, and uh, make sure to email. Uh, me with your opinions about how wrong we are <laughs> and then I'll Flame read them on, on. the air <laughs> yeah, All right, bye, we, can grade, we can grade your as John Scalzi does we can um, we will grade your email oh right yeah absolutely <laughs> and hit it with the velvet hammer yes um, okay uh, cool well let's uh, we will talk to you on Sunday about the latest uh, dis- uh, episode Discovery. of Discovery yeah bye everybody bye everybody